0: Hello, I'm Bill DeMay, Vice Chair of Communications with the DC Young Republicans, and you're listening to the District Download. With only nine days left until Election Day, hundreds of Republicans running locally, statewide, and nationally have their campaigns firing on all cylinders as they aim to make as many voter contacts as they possibly can before November 3rd. Young Republicans across the DMV region have been hard at work to get Republicans elected, especially in Baltimore, also officially referred to as Charm City. In today's episode, we'll be interviewing a fellow YR running for Baltimore City Council, Maria Mandela Vismale. Maria grew up in the city's Grove Park neighborhood and is a graduate of Western Senior High School. At the age of 10, she rallied with community stakeholders to eliminate food deserts in Baltimore by bringing in more chain grocery stores that would offer more nutritious offerings for neighbors and residents. At the age of 17, she spoke in front of City Council to fight for youth recreation funding as a BUILD Youth Liaison. She's a proud graduate from Lincoln University, a historically black college, who before graduating sat on Lincoln University's NAACP College Chapter board. In her professional life, she's worked as a criminal defense investigator, helping incarcerated clients, and has even worked alongside elected officials as a volunteer at the U.S. House of Representatives. We've got a lot to cover, so let's just jump right on in. So first off, thank you so much for stopping by the show today, Maria. Uh, Just to get us started, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're running for
1: Baltimore City Council. Well, thanks so much, Bill, for having me. I'm running for City Council uh, simply because I'm just angry and frustrated. Uh, For a long time, Baltimore City has seen a huge decline in leadership that is representing all constituents And more recently, you know, after doing this campaign cycle and really talking to voters, uh, just like myself, a lot, a lot of voters, uh, and residents are really looking for change and change means change in the school system, change in the economy, jobs, equity, um, in obviously, which is hugely known, uh, in public safety. So in doing, you know. All the advocacy that I have been doing since a young age i've really become, I would say, um, aware of issues that really have been affecting uh, individuals and I you know I grew up here i've been a lifelong resident i'm a third generation Baltimorean. Uh, at 10 years old, I helped in a food desert at 17, I spoke in front of city council as a youth liaison. Um, I went on to work uh, right out of college at a suboxone clinic. Then I went on to work for the DC public defender as a criminal defense investigator, where I had the lovely opportunity of working with indigent clients who sought legal representation. So I worked in pretty much every industry and really got a firsthand taste more recently uh, at the public defender with clients uh, in the criminal justice system. And you know, I always tell people, although, uh, you know, I'm running as a Republican, I'm a bipartisan individual who's really um, trying to let voters know that, you know, it's more what unites us than divides us. Uh, My background and experience speaks for itself. I'm not the person that puts uh, politics over people. I really try to you know, show that, you know, I will work for all, no matter what religion, affiliation, um, no matter what socially economic status. So running overall, because I'm just completely angry and dissatisfied with what I've seen in the past couple of years. And, you know, people outside of Baltimore, the DMV, even, you know, nationally know um, that Baltimore has had a lot of problems in the past. And You know, with leadership failing, I'm not the person that complains, I'm the person that actually steps up. I can't sit back and just talk about it. I actually have to do the work.
0: So it sounds like throwing thrown your hat into the ring and you already have a breadth of knowledge when it comes to public service, especially too when you're in um, your uh, investigator's position. Um, so tell us a little bit about uh, the district. So Baltimore's 5th uh, City Council District. Um, where in Baltimore is your district located for those of our listeners who may not be familiar with the geography of Charm City?
1: So my district is the 5th District of Baltimore City. Um, that's what I'm running for. And it's the northernmost district to the county. A huge landmark that a lot of people, my friends outside of the DMV, know uh, is Pimlico Racetrack. We have communities as far as Mount Washington, North Roland Park. We have Pimlico community. We have the West Arlington. We have the Cheswall, the Falstat. We are a very, very diverse uh, constituency. Uh, my, my, uh, individual district uh is really known for being the pinnacle of the city um but unfortunately we see that there and i was just on a call yesterday uh a forum actually talking about this we see that in district five there are two district fives so you have one district five that is you know beautiful it has a lot of resources it is you know really um you know given the opportunity to succeed it's always um had representation. And then you have another side um which is underrepresented, ignored, forgotten. Um, the resources are inferior. And that's why I'm really running as, you know, a woman that is trying to end this disparity. Uh, I was in an area and you know there are voters with you know, huge amounts of assets and resources, very affluent, and they feel uncomfortable with coming to the other side of the district. And that's just so disheartening, because I know, you know, going all over uh, all my life and being, you know, in areas where people consider low income, and also being in areas where I have friends that, you know, are very affluent and, you know, have uh, resources and equity, that is a huge known problem that Um, has to cease. We cannot see people that have low economic status continue to suffer and just ignore them because that's when you see um, that the school problems continue. That's when you see that the public safety uh, issues are apparent uh, yet nobody really wants to address it or they only wanna allocate funds um, to, you know, areas that are pretty much doing okay. And that's not to say that I'm not representing or aiming to represent when elected uh, those communities. It's just that I'm trying to unify it in this huge wealth gap and this huge um, disparity amongst education and obviously public uh, safety resources and really give people the opportunity, uh, as my slogan says, to help elevate their lives. Very simple, I want to heal. So if we can heal, if we can give people hope, if we can make, you know, individuals who feel like they've been forgotten uh, have these opportunities, then you'll see overall the fifth district will thrive and go back to being, um, you know, what I've always thought it was, the model of the city where anybody can come, have their family be safe and really enjoy the best quality of life.
0: So it sounds like one of your big mission statements with this campaign is not only just your frustration with how the status quo has been in Baltimore, but also to bring parity between these two sides uh, to your district uh, and make sure both you know, the, these two sides of your district are able to have the, the city, local, state and federal resources needed to fully thrive. Um, so I wanted to transition now a little bit into uh, some of the major issues for your campaign. You've already touched on this a little bit already, um, but what are some of the issues uh, you've spoken with, with voters and what f- some of the voters you've interacted with have said are the most important um, this election cycle? And um, what would you say are your day one priorities uh, when you sit down at your desk, uh, come your first day in office of elected?
1: Well, that's a great question. Uh, the overall consensus is we need in District 5 uh, public safety resources to benefit all people. Community policing is huge. Um, however, again, you know certain areas uh, are more benefited and have more resources than others. Uh, Specifically, I wrote a press release because uh, my opponent was aiming to move a vital safety resource, the Northwestern Police District, um, closer to uh, Pimlico, which obviously is a huge business, um, you know, entity, and also, uh, you know, really away from an affected area, which was north, uh, excuse me, south of uh, Northern Parkway, which kind of is the dividing line, which you'll see in my district. So really aiming to address public safety needs to be uh, an asset for all people. Um, Working with uh, stakeholders such as the police, obviously, you know, the majors, the commissioners, and also the neighborhood associations, we see that, you know, the disparity is hugely uh, evident because no one really wants to say, you know, we need as much, uh, you know, training for officers. We need them to have, you know, a, a update in their, um, headquarters, which is North, excuse me, which is South and Northern parkway. Um, so they can have really an opportunity to do their job. Um, we also need obviously to have more education training on what goes on and how people in the community can get involved to help. Uh, alleviate some of these issues Uh, a huge issue obviously um, again is education education needs to be reformed uh, in baltimore city there was a study done and a report by a huge or major uh, media outlets that showed um, the majority of individuals that graduate from the baltimore city public school system are math and reading deficient and that's just Disgusting to say the least. Uh, if you want to talk about, you know, social and racial justice, um, then we have to obviously look at education because that gives individuals early on the tools to succeed. And last, and you know, I think these all are huge issues: public safety, education. But lastly, which is also a huge issue, which the first day in office, uh, I know that that'll be at the forefront is business and obviously home ownership, what's going on with the bills, the water bill, for instance, your high property tax, um, city workers inability to really thrive because they're barely making it, they're overpaid, excuse me, they're overworked and underpaid. And so I aim to not only unify the district by bringing the neighborhood associations together and seeing how we can, you know, work together. So it's not this disparity. But I also aim to get city workers in the conversation to get um, local residents the opportunity um, to be employed rather than doing the outside contract. So really focusing on the three issues of public safety, education and the economy are things that I wholeheartedly know are issues that not only affect um, the residents, but affect uh, the greater Baltimore. Because if one district fails, we all fail. And again, I'm very, very excited to live here and you know be a lifelong resident. But if we continue to see these things happen, um, you will see that as we've already seen, people moving out, businesses leaving, um, you know the uptick in crime, and obviously uh, individuals, especially the youth, failing um, to go out into the workforce because they're not prepared due to um, the subpar education.
0: Thank you very much for sharing that with us. Now, you mentioned your opponent um, being that I I believe you had said that she was opposed to moving a police headquarters. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your opponent in this race. Uh, Is this so is this race that you're running uh, an open seat or are you running against an incumbent?
1: So it's a he and I'm running against a first time incumbent. Uh, I would be, if elected, the first Black woman to ever hold the seat in my district. Um, My opponent um, has failed as the public safety chair um, to really help our district specifically. And that doesn't mean as a public safety chair, you obviously on city council only focus on your constituents in your district. However, it is huge because you have been elected to represent your district to satisfy the needs and, you know, allocate resources to of course your district and other district. And we've seen um, that not only crime has been on the uptick, but we've seen that just in district five, again, we have that division where, you know, individuals that are affiliated or in the interests of the opponent uh, have been well taken care of. Whereas individuals that are outside of that bubble are overlooked. Uh, And that's, you know, unfortunately something that a lot of people have to just put at the forefront of the ticket. You know, you can run and be a person that, you know, is looking to satisfy the needs of your residents, but you also want to, if you put somebody in a position of power, if they are sitting on a chair, if they are sitting on a committee as the chair, um, to obviously be uh, a representative because the chair of the public safety, it represents the entire entire um, city council districts. So you know, though that's something that you know I've seen a lot of residents don't know um, the opponent, especially again I, I keep bringing up um, on the south side of Northern Parkway because it's almost like you don't have to, uh, or he hasn't had to in a lot of leadership in the past in this district hasn't uh, felt they needed to rely on those voters or engage with those voters because they just write them off. And I have been paying attention. I've been talking to voters, and I'm frankly sick of it, just like a lot of uh, residents and voters. Um, been on a call, a couple community liaison meetings, a couple um, just overall events that are in the district and even being out in the community um, that's the consensus, and we have to really pay attention to not only stopping that, but making sure I am elected so we can unify and obviously bring the district back to where it used to be when I was growing up.
0: And you were talking a little bit before we started the interview about uh, your ground game, as well as just the whole Republican Party and Baltimore's ground game with having a mega Super Saturday this past weekend. Uh, does your opponent have a strong uh, ground game? Uh, how's fundraising looking like? if I could ask that.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, as a first time, uh, you know, candidate, I've had a lot of support. And it's just, you know, not only surprising, but it's really reassuring, because, you know, we have definitely raised money. And, you know, obviously would like to raise more. Um, However, just knowing that, you know, people are coming out, just knowing that residents are receptive. It's been not only reassuring, but it helps um, because campaigns cost money. You know, the background you'll see, I don't know, you know, this is the podcast, but in my background, you'll see that it's yard signs. You'll see that you have to give out palm cards. You see that you have to do digital ads, which we've um been able to do. You've seen that we've had to obviously Uh, Make sure that we have the resources to, uh, you know, make our uh, campaign known. So the ground game, you know, after doing this awesome Super Saturday, volunteers coming out, us having the T-shirts—I don't have one with me, but somewhere over um, here—has been helpful because, again, it shows that you know we're here, we're making noise, and the voters have an alternative. And again, regardless of um the political climate you know people sometimes say republican and they say you know they're not they haven't been socialized to understand that we are all different you know as a female black woman i believe in limited government however being a republican um does not stop me from understanding that we need criminal justice reform or being a proponent of you know workers rights especially the city workers who are essential Um, to help in our quality of life and are out there every day. So getting the message that, you know, being an alternative is more that unites us. I would never, ever, ever um, sit here and say, you know, I'm the typical standard, you know, old way. I, I like to say I'm very much so a bipartisan leader who is looking to not only unify Um, people that have, you know, various values and are, you know, kind of reluctant to vote for me. But I would like to say that um, with our campaign, uh, the support of the community and actually the conversations we had have made a huge difference on helping to propel our efforts.
0: Great. And and I would be remiss to mention uh, and just to highlight that it would be an understatement to say that Baltimore has really taken a center stage this election cycle. Um, especially, too, with the record number of Republicans running uh, for positions like mayor, uh, city council such as yourself, and uh, other elected positions, along with, of course, Kim Klasik, who's running a very high-profile race against uh, Kwasi Munfume. I just wanted to uh, ask you if you could tell us a little bit about how things have changed over the course past year or so. Uh, Are we really witnessing a sea change in Baltimore right now?
1: Well, people are running Uh, especially in Baltimore, whether it's the Republicans, we have even independents, and I even was on a call with the the Tea Party. Everybody overall is just dissatisfied with the leadership. My colleagues who are on the other side that um, have held probably elected office, um, depending on which specific um, seat, have not only been in there for a long time, but have successfully fulfilled their promises. And so I think it's historic to say that, you know, regardless of what uh, political affiliation that you have subscribed to or you're running against, if you are sitting in a seat and, you know, in this particular case, we have Democrat um, leaders that are holding the incumbent seat that I think, 90% 90% fail to show up to the only candidates forum due to COVID. Um, that really shows: Are you qualified, and do you care to really represent, and will you show up? Um, like we've seen, so many residents say you haven't um, throughout uh, you know your next four years when you hold office. And so I think the historic historic movement is moving against people that will just come out every four years, regardless, again, of, uh, you know, affiliation, um, because, you know, voters are just looking for alternatives to not only fulfill their promises, but to really be um, representation um, to better the community. So I think that overall just speaks, you know, values to what we've seen, and it will continue to be that way um, for the next couple of election cycles until Baltimore and other areas, really uh, all over the country, get the leadership that they um, need, seek and crave.
0: And we're seeing a lot of these similar discussions taking place here in Washington, D.C. as we're having a very competitive at-large race for two city council positions with over 23 candidates running, all with their different messages, all with their different things about unity. Um, and unlike Baltimore, we only have a few handful of Republicans running. But just kind of bridging that over to the uh, to being present and being a community leader. Um, I just wanted to highlight that in your district, I believe there was not one but two major gas explosions that took place uh, in primarily residential areas. Um, Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Uh, I know that you were out there uh, helping out um, with some of the recovery and response with providing uh, goods and rallying the
1: community so the first explosion took place in my district however the second took literally a uh, place in the neighboring district my district is district five um the second explosion took place in district six still with that said you know i can walk to the area where the uh, explosion took place And on the other side, you know, you could be back in my district in probably a couple minutes. So they were in very close proximity. And regardless, you know, after talking to so many residents and after seeing that they took place so uh, close together, you know, that raises so many questions about infrastructure, public safety, and, you know, quality leadership. People have been reaching out and we're still kind of just, amazed and angered and frustrated because uh, BG&E has ruled that these were not causes of a gas leak. There are still ongoing investigation to this day for my specific, uh, the explosion that took place in my specific district. Um, and, you know, I don't know about you, but an explosion affects not only physically, households and families, but it takes a toll mentally and emotionally. And I went out specifically and was on the ground the first day and we had a huge community response. Uh, we had the American Red Cross. We had almost every community activist and, you know, community organization. And then following up, um, I believe a week or two later, I said, that's not enough. You know, people can get the physical resources, but they also need the mental and social resources. So I and my team of volunteers and Um, You know, a wonderful and lovely realtor, an amazing uh, licensed therapist and another um, community organizer who has our own nonprofit came together to do a holistic uh, event where we gave individuals who were impacted, you know, tools to obviously use on our day-to-day life. So we gave out, obviously, you know, food, we gave out toiletries, we gave out gift cards. But then on the other side of that, we had this therapist who was discussing post-traumatic stress and giving counseling resources and making sure people that are experiencing the trauma, because an explosion is not just something, you know, you can just get up the next day and be fine with the the noise, the shock, The anxiety surrounding that will walk with you for for a long time. And you have to be able to cope with that to really take care of yourself spiritually, mentally, and physically. And we also had for those who are just looking, I don't know if I can, you know, confidently say I want to stay in my home after the windows have been blown out, after my neighbor or, you know, a couple doors down, I see a huge um just flattened uh area with nothing left and you know basically left in shambles so we had a realtor there as well who was able to you know give her assistance if people were looking to relocate or looking for uh you know resources on obviously finding new homes to have that equity um that obviously creates another part of great quality of life so really taking a holistic approach and then obviously noticing that, you know, this wasn't the first and only then a couple weeks later, the second explosion occurred in our neighboring area. And you could still hear it, although you weren't in the district, um, you could still hear it. And so it comes back to what are leaders doing to hold People accountable to provide quality of life for individuals who, you know, really need um, obviously the leadership that says we are not going to allow citizens to be um, overlooked and put in the face of danger. So. You know, that was something huge and it was really scary, but we got out there and I'm optimistic that, you know, when elected, I won't only focus on obviously issues around education and just physical, you know, public safety, but again, a quality of life that ensures people can have infrastructure that keeps them safe. People can hold BG&E and other leaders that provide uh, electricity, water, gas um, to ensure that you know, we never have an explosion like this again, and definitely not in uh, such close proximity um, when clearly that is, you know, unheard of and really, really, um, uh, in a way affecting the lives of everyone in the district.
0: Absolutely. Uh, yeah, especially too, like in a residential area when an explosion goes off. I mean, that's just everybody, not only is everybody's sense of security, but just, you know, it's your home, right? And I know for me, if that were me, I I'd be Completely shook by that. So the fact that yeah. you took it upon yourself to bring the community together just overall just goes to show your leadership qualities as well as just your drive and your determination. Uh, and representing the people of Baltimore's fifth uh, district. Before we um, transition to some of our final questions, I just wanted to highlight that um, I I saw that you were uh, recently attended uh, the campaign school at Yale. Um, For those of our listeners who are looking to get into the campaign space um, and learn a little bit more about um, how to get trainings for being an advocate, as well as maybe a future elected uh, official. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your experience about the program and uh, what you got
1: out of it. Um, so I was really interested in obviously getting the tools to not only run a campaign, but to be a great candidate. And so I initially took a one day course at GW. Um, where I met a great and wonderful mentor and advocate, Jennifer Lim, who then you know, recommended me uh, along with her colleague Kodiak um, to check out this campaign school. And initially after going to the first you know, class, the one day course at GW, I met Patty Russo, who is the founder of the campaign at Yale school. And after meeting her and just getting a 20, you know, I guess not even three, four hour um, taste of what it was like and the resources she had to offer, I definitely took it upon myself to go ahead and invest uh, in myself to get uh, the week course that was given at the um, campus of Yale University. And so that actually was probably one of the best things I have could have ever Um, done, I was able not only to build a new network with so many um, women, um, both Democrat and Republican and independent, but I also was able to really take notes and learn what's necessary if you're running uh, in any district uh, or for any office, all the way from, you know, municipal to federal, congressional. And um, what I really, you know, recommend for anybody uh, who's looking, to run for office is to definitely invest in yourself and to definitely um, take the steps um, to get the knowledge and prepare. Because running a campaign is, you know, really challenging, but it could be really rewarding if you have the tools and you're prepared uh, for what is to come. And you know, as a very methodic and I'll say type A, super and sometimes overly analytical person, when I had you know, basically the education and some of the tools to go into it, it better prepared me and gave me a peace of mind. Uh, Because when I look back, a lot of things, and I'm going to say almost 99% of the things that I was taught um, to be successful came to fruition going through this campaign. Awesome. Awesome.
0: And And just to kind of wrap things up and put a bow on everything um, with less than nine days left to go at the time of of recording this episode, uh, how could some of our listeners help you get over the finish line uh, as we near election day? Um, Is there, I know you have a website, um, but do you want to share your website as well as how best uh, our listeners can follow along with your campaign on social media?
1: Sure. Uh, You know, I'm Maria Mandela Vismail, and I'm running for district five um, for the councilmatic race of Baltimore city. Uh, my website is votevismail. That's vote V as in Victor, I-S-M as in Mary al So vote and my last name, votevismail.com. We are on Facebook, uh, Maria Bismail for Baltimore city council. We're on Instagram, votevismail. Of course, Twitter votevismail. And you can even find me posting um, things on you know social media, uh as far as you know, LinkedIn and every other outlet. So we're all over the internet. And the best way for individuals to help, you know, with nine days away, we still have efforts that obviously take money. So whether that's doing more texting, whether that's doing more increasing our digital ads. So donations always help anything from a dollar. Uh, and the to me the best a uh, thing that I've seen is, you know, people say all the time, look, I can't give you much, but somebody that takes the time to even donate $10, $20, it just speaks volume um, to show that they still support in any way they can. Another huge thing, obviously, um, that we've been working on really hard is the phone game because due to COVID, um unfortunately, where we would like to have uh, you know touched every single voter, which we still do when we go out and door knock, some people are reluctant to you know open doors. So taking a call is easier for folks um, who are obviously practicing precautions during this pandemic. So really doing the phone banking piece of it, uh, talking to voters on the phone. And then, of course, uh, with nine days away. and um early voting started starting tomorrow basically having volunteers to you know be at the polls and hand out flyers um and I know you know some listeners are out of state and that's not immediately what they can do and they're doing other races but then it all goes back to then you know get on social media repost bring awareness you know if you can't do that you know write Uh, uh, go online and, you know, drop a donation, whether, you know, $100, $10, $20, whatever you can do um, to really put this uh, campaign over, you know, over the edge and help us to make sure this win is something from the people and for the people and, um, you know, change Baltimore overall.
0: All right, well, thank you so much, Maria, for taking the time to speak with us today. I know you're running a terrific campaign up there in Baltimore, uh, and I know our listeners are looking forward to help you get over the finish line. So again, thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much, Bill, for having me. I appreciate you, and definitely, um, I think all the listeners and you know can't wait to come back and do a follow-up as Councilman Vismail, or councilwoman Vismail.: Wonderful.
0: Thank you so much.
1: All right, take care
0: on behalf of the dc young republican executive board we thank you for listening to the district download make sure to hit that subscribe button give us a five-star review and share this episode with your friends the district download is currently available on apple podcasts spotify overcast and wherever else you may listen to podcasts